Hello and welcome back to another edition of Sports Voice After Dark. I'm Matt McHugh, joined by Parker Johnson, our great producer, Amit Malik, as always here in the Medill Edit Bays. And we got some stuff, fun stuff coming up today. We've got men's tennis talk, so that's going to be your Northwestern dose of sports. We got some Super Bowl preview coming up, then going to do some heated debates about the NBA All-Star rosters. We've picked our rosters and we'll share those with you guys and hash those out between ourselves. So fun stuff. And then, of course, as always, the lightning round to close things out. So a full slate today. It's going to be good stuff. Parker, let's jump right into it with the men's tennis talk. And mm. so this men's tennis team, if you're a Northwestern sports fan, maybe maybe you're sleeping on the men's tennis team a little bit. And if you are, I have to tell you that you're making a big mistake, Parker, because this team, this team is really good. And I mean, it's up there with the women's golf team in terms of just the best teams on campus. Yeah, this team is fantastic. Uh, ranked number 13 right now, waiting for the new NCAA poll to come out as they beat number 7 TCU last week, which was a enormous win for the program. Uh, it was a 4-2 win, and after losing last season at TCU when they were ranked number 3, so not only a big win in terms of the standings, but also a nice bit of revenge for the Wildcats to get that one back. I mean, they're looking fantastic this season. Uh, 4-0 so far, and I gotta say the star of the season so far, Dominic Starry, I believe is how you say his name. He's from Pilsen, not from Chicago, from Starry. the Czech Republic. Starry. 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 All right, Starry. I apologize. I, I, uh, I say Starry all the time. It's fine. <laughs> but he is uh, undefeated as far as I can tell this He's season. He's dirty. He's fantastic. He won the Big Ten singles tournament swept everybody first Northwestern player to win that tournament since 2012 first freshman at Northwestern to do that since 1968 so anytime you're doing something that hasn't been done since 1968 that's a fantastic achievement he is really leading the team this season and doing a great job and he's joining a, a cast of characters that is up there with the best in the country in terms of the returning players that Northwestern brings to the table it's strong Kurtzheimer it's Sam Shropshire it's Conrad Zaber they're all back they're all doing their thing Ben Vandekshorn too this is such a deep, such a talented group that they that's really their advantage with some of these teams like a TCU is that they can go with five really quality players deep and you can't match up against a team like that and that's how you end up edging out these 4-2, 4-3 victories like they've done early in the season. Yeah, I mean, against TCU, TCU only brought six players and that match was really won at number six. Jason Simon doing some work in Conrad with a huge win at number two over uh, Rybakov. I think a guy he lost to last year in a close one at TCU. You know, when you could put Strong Kirchheimer at number one and then follow up with Zeba at Shropshire at two and three, you're in a lot of trouble if you're another team because there might be one or two teams in the country that can match those top three blow for blow. I I, I nothing to say there. That's completely accurate. This is so so deep with the the top tier talent on this team. It's it's kind of scary. Like when you think about what they can do and. We're looking at the rest of their schedule coming up. It's uh, it's a little bit before non-conference play. The big one that, to me, stands out is that it's potentially a Stanford game. They're hosting that tournament coming up this weekend. It's going to be Stanford or Georgia Tech on that Sunday game. That's going to be a huge one. Stanford's one of the better teams in the country, and it's going to be a revenge game, again, like the TCU game. Although, the last time they played Stanford, the stakes were a bit higher. That was in the tournament at the end of the year. It's a very tough Stanford team, so you can't really fault them too much for dropping that one, but a chance for some revenge and a chance to pick up another really quality win early this season. I know for a fact that Northwestern is has their eyes set on this potential match with Stanford. They're not happy about last year, and uh, it, was a, it was a very lit match last year. came right down to it. 
Conrad Zuba versus Tom Fawcett, two nationally ranked players, the last players left playing on court three out outside, out there, uh, not the Comb Tennis Center, but uh, the outdoor courts. I'm, I'm missing the donor's name. Please pardon me. <laughs> but uh, they're they're out for revenge. So it could be a really fun one on Sunday, and it's a you know if they win, they make the ITA National Indoor Championships in February, and that's the top 16 teams in the country. So you think you know that's where you want to be. It's a game that North. It's a match that Northwestern should take care of, especially with Stanford at number eighteen. And again, you're talking about those top sixteen teams getting in at the end. Huge win it would be. They've already beaten number seven TCU to just again add to that resume as they look forward to the end of season and really producing a special type of season where they can make a run. And that's yeah. It's it's going to be when we go to conference play later on too. It's may not be as easy to pick up some wins. It's not going to be like they're in the ACC. There's could be a little tougher to move up the rankings in the Big Ten when there's well, only they, three they or four quality teams. They should be teams. the second best team in the Big Ten this year, and they have to have their eyes set on Ohio State. You know, you look on paper, Ohio State's probably the better team, but their best player, Mikhail Torpegard, doesn't play half the year on the team. He's off doing Danish <laughs> tennis player things. They also it. get him at home this year, too. So. Yeah, so, you know, they're, the door yeah. is open for them to win the Big Ten. Um, but if we're talking about just their chance, this is already a team that's borderline top 10 after their successful start to this season. If we're talking about chances for them to pick up some more quality wins, it's going to have to probably come from the non-conference because the only team better than them in conference is Ohio State. And other quality wins in conference, you can get Illinois, which would be a pretty good one. Um, maybe Michigan is a decent team towards the end of the rankings. And that's kind of it for the quality Big Ten teams that are going to be a significant win. Like... The rest of those Big Ten games, it's not going to mean as much. It's just going to be a chance for them that you just you can't mess anything up in those games if you want to stay as a top <coughs> ten team. And both Illinois and Michigan will be played on the road, which could play into it a little exactly. bit. Um, they had they had trouble playing at Illinois on the road last year. They played there in ITAs, which they usually do every year since uh, the top sixteen teams usually host. They won on the road to ITAs and they lost Illinois, but they beat Illinois at home. So. They're so close at such a rivalry match. Home field kind of you know makes the difference. It, it will be interesting to see what what they do with that Illinois game. I I, I feel like that Illinois match is going to be is that the second biggest conference game on their schedule. If we're looking at the rest of the schedule, Ohio State at home is going to be the biggest one, no doubt about it. But then behind that, yeah, I think that's probably their biggest game. In fact, that may even be their biggest road game of the season. For sure, yeah. Their road schedule isn't extremely tough this year because they, they kind of got lucky. They loaded up on all their tough, really tough matches are at home. And when you're a good program, you know, you really like to have those matches at home. You could tell on Friday that they were, you know, they played better because of the loud crowd. And it really helped them, you know, mentally when they're just they're cheering for every point. Yeah, and it's not something you see a lot of necessarily getting great crowds for tennis games, but... You know, Northwestern doing some giveaways, getting students out there, and it's a great way to do it. And I mean, the facility's very nice. I, I might start attending tennis matches. I yeah, don't know. it's a great you team. Win, like everybody, a, if you're listening, you, to this, you should TV. be going you out there. Can win a free there. TV. Can win a free TV. That's a fantastic deal. I mean, great perk of. I mean, why wouldn't you want to get go? out there? Yeah, catch, like, catch some free, tennis on the weekend. Free food yeah. last time. It's, free, like, it's pretty good. Usually, there's usually free pizza. There'll be free some honeys. Yeah, you got to get the Sunday. There was Papa John's on Sunday. Oh, okay. They they bring out the big guns for the the Sunday match against CC. We'll see. We'll see what they bring out for next week. I don't know if we're going to get a, an inside scoop on what will be coming out in the Tennis Center 
terms of the pizza department. Oh, there's Papa John's. It's Papa John's definitely again. Papa John's. Oh, definitely yeah, Papa John's. If you, if you read the recap, it's it's right there. It's in it's oh. in oh it's, it's in the recap of the, the double header win over Louisville and IUPUI. Uh, <laughs> I know a lot of fans stuck around for that second one. Uh, <laughs> The IUPAI tennis program, we're not going to, unfortunately, not going to delve into them too much. They uh, they have, to just to be nice, a bit of work to do in terms of getting there. They're a solid... They could be uh, a fine Summit League team, right? They're a good Summit League good team. Summit they're league probably team, the best Summit League team, but hey, that's it's not going to cut it when you I come mean, to play <laughs> in the Big Ten. It's not going not gonna to do too much. But going back to that point we were talking about, about the Cats at home, we looked at what they did last year at home, 15-1. and one. Guys, that's pretty good. This was a team that, yeah. granted, they didn't lose any matches overall. They were 26-5 and five overall. But still, three losses coming on the road, one on a neutral site, and then only one at home. Home court advantage is huge for this. It's huge for almost any team, but it's huge for this team. Yeah, it's it really, to watch it really makes a difference. And, you know, you'd be remiss if you didn't mention Arvid Swan, head coach. You know, pretty laid-back guy. Doesn't express a lot of emotion, but... That team plays hard, and at home, you know, there's an extra little fire to them. You gotta, you gotta like the way they play. You know, college tennis, you know, it's not as interesting as Grand Slam tennis. You know, no <laughs> one's out there going Conrad Zeba is the next Novak Djokovic. No, but college tennis at home, it's, it's kind of fun. You kind of get into it. Yeah. You know, it's 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 an underrated sport, and you know, those guys bring the fire. And one thing that you have to think about is before you know, uh, Arvid came to the program. They were they weren't doing so hot. Not that they doing badly. There's a coach that had been there for a long time, did a really good job. But you just look at the turnaround in a few years. He made the tournament within two years, and they've been you know twenty win teams every year. That's really impressive. And I think now this is a golden generation. They have these seniors, three of them. This is kind of the year for Northwestern to make a push in the NCAA tournament if they can get that far. What should they set their sights on? I mean, yeah, you have to think about what what the goal is for this team. Obviously, NCAA tournament should be, I think for this team, it's an expectation. It's not a goal at this point. Um, But going forward from that, it's going to be, can they beat those top 10 teams when it comes to tournament time? Can they make a tournament push and compete with Ohio State? I think they're right there neck and neck in terms of talent with Ohio State. They showed last year this is a team that can can hang in there with the best of them. Now it's just a question of if they have that little bit to push them over the top. They've got some young blood. We already talked about Dominic on this one. Mix that with their three seniors that have played together for so many years now. It's thinking things may be able to come together for this team, and I think we're talking about making a serious run of the tournament. This team could do it. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about how uh, men's tennis postseason format works, but I think... I can tell you it's... uh 64 teams make it in, and uh, you host the first two rounds, and then I believe 32 teams travel to, this year it'll be Athens, Georgia, for knockout competition. Ooh, interesting. May Madness. Interesting. They call it on this podcast in this room. We call it May Madness. We do? We do now. Now we call it May Madness. <laughs> All right, um, I guess we'll call it May Madness. That's fine with me. It sounds good. I like that. Um... We're looking at what they did again in the tournament last year, losing to Stanford in that one. At home. At home. They were really expected. They were in top it was four, twi- three. It they is. were top 20 in the rankings, really expected to get to that, you know, sweet 16 round of the uh, of the, the NCAA tournament. That'll be, that's at least the baseline for them this year. They got to win both their matches at home, which you have to assume they'll have a mat, they'll have two matches at home for the NCAA tournament. Anything less than that's a disappointment. And then, 
you know, if they could creep in the top eight, that's probably where they're going to be ranked right now. They have to keep it going, but you you can't set your sights lower than that. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know. If you ever talk to Coach Arvid Swan, he'll tell you his team's bad, but that's not that's not, that's not, that's true. not true, Arvid. If you're listening to this, Arvid, we got to tell you your team is pretty good. You've done a very good job with this team, and this is a legitimate top ten caliber team in this country. Now, is it gonna, it's going to be a question of if they can beat some of those other top ten teams that they really weren't able to quite get to that point last year. They couldn't do, couldn't do enough against Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, one, one thing that's good is if they beat Stanford, which, you know, big match, that's an if, but if they do, they get a chance to play some really quality teams at the ITA Indoor National Championships. Top 16, top 10 teams, you know. That type of experience is only good for a, a team that's trying to make a deep run in the postseason. So... One of the nice things about college tennis is there's a big match, you know, almost every two weeks or so. So it's not like they're sleeping through about a bad non-conference schedule. Not going to take some <laughs> shots. <at others. laughs> take some shots at others. Other oh, northwestern sports. Stuff. But uh, I don't know anything. About no, that. Nothing about that. No, we know nothing. About uh, that. But this is this is a good non-conference schedule with, like you said, every couple weeks there's a game to to keep your eye on. So the next one for now it's going to be coming up this weekend. Make sure you're there for it. Uh, Sunday, Sunday versus Stanford, tentatively. Tentatively, hopefully that'd be fun. I hope it happens. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I hope it happens. All right, you so. could you could go right before uh, Northwestern Indiana. Yeah, double header. Double header. Classic Northwestern Sunday. Can cannot think of a better Northwestern Sunday. Oh, actually. Uh, I mean, you'd be missing, I can the, think, you'd be missing I can, the Pro Bowl. I can think of a better Sunday. The one I just spent. <laughs> double header. IUPUI. <laughs> a real nail biter of that IUPUI. Hey, the, Lu- the Louisville match was fun. Louisville's actually not bad. Another good win. They uh, they were a top 30 or so team last year. Tennis used to, ITA used to put those rankings out to 75. Probably for the better, decided just to keep them at 25. Yeah, but, uh, that's probably uh, smart. Um, quality team. So anyway, that wraps it up for Northwestern men's tennis. Long story short, they're awesome. Follow them. We'll check back in maybe a month or two, you know, see how the boys are doing. Still probably be on but, the uh, that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Not Maybe. out of the question. Maybe. We don't want to. Not out of the question. We, you know, decided to talk about them. You know, we talked about a lot of men's and women's basketball. Give some love out to some Give other men's sports. shout out. Maybe we'll talk about fencing next week in the podcast. But, uh, a mid solo podcast on fencing. <laughs> uh, <out>. Pass. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, with that said, we'll talk. let's talk about the NFL. Um, I know we had a really entertaining slate of <laughs> conference championships. And then just a dull Super Bowl. So, what's going to happen, guys? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, Parker, if you spent your Sunday like me watching those conference championship games. I did. Looking back on that, that was not a great use of time. No, I mean, those games it was not. terrible. That was awful. I mean, the games were just not fun. I saw uh, after the Packers and Falcons game, Adam Sheffer tweeted out, that makes seven of the nine games that have been blowouts. So, if you include the game after that where the Patriots... Yeah. Uh, destroyed the Steelers. That makes eight out of the ten games in this far in the playoffs have been blowouts. It's been a really kind of a Wait, boring. They, which one you said they didn't set. count? No, that was before. No, that, you was, said that, that was after. The oh, that was yeah. just after the Falcons okay. and Packers games. So We've really had like there's the one there's two games. There's the two games. Okay. The, it was the Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs the games last yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Where there's yeah. two good and games, that's it. and that's it. So that's one good day of football in January. 
Yeah, I mean, you really you spend your whole year waiting for it. It's kind yeah. of it's, it's been <laughs> disappointing. We'll, we'll go back to it. It's yeah, been it's, uh, this might be uh, is that that's uh, too dramatic. Is it too dramatic to say this has been the worst playoffs ever so far? In it's terms been the worst of, I can remember in a while. Like, just oh, entertaining uh, from a neutral my, fan standpoint. Where's my Barnwell like, column on it? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, Barnwell needs to fire. Bill, if you're listening to this, yeah, get get to work on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're not going to talk about those conference championship games much because I mean the favorites won. Favorites won by a lot. It's really, not much to say. They weren't very interesting. No. Um, it was just disappointing overall in general as a neutral fan of those teams. Yeah, if you're a fan Rooting of... for a good game. If you're a fan of the, pa- of the Falcons or the Pats, you know what, like, hats off to you. <laughs> Enjoy your Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm deeply sorry. Yeah, it was not good. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, if you're a fan of the Packers or the Steelers. I mean, so, wow. Not great. Not great. <laughs> <laughs> not great. Um, but let's talk, let's talk about the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't want to get my hopes up for another exciting NFL playoff game and then get let down. <laughs> but I'm kind of excited for this. It's two of the best offenses in football gonna go at it in Houston. Um, I'm kind of excited. What do you think? Oh, I'm absolutely thrilled. I think it's gonna be a great matchup. Uh, Atlanta has definitely overperformed from what I thought going into the playoffs. I didn't have a lot of faith given their playoff history, which is not great. Uh, and I, yeah, I didn't have a lot of faith in Matt Ryan, but he's he's been great so far. He's been absolutely just clinical on offense. Their running game has shown up fantastically. Devontae Freeman and Tevin Com- Coleman are doing a great job there, and their defense has actually been surprisingly good as well. I mean, they, they really shut down the Packers, shut them out in the first half. Uh, their first game they did as well. So they've been an all-around team that has surprised me in how good they've been, but it's been very impressive, and at this point, it's very exciting to watch, because, I mean, what are you going to root for? Another Patriots Super Bowl? Exactly, now? right. So, I mean, as as a fan trying to find a rooting interest for this game, that seems pretty easy for me. The Falcons are the yeah. fun team. Yeah. They never won the Super Bowl before, and then the Patriots are the evil empire of football. They're out there Naturally. doing their thing Naturally. yet again, uh, and it's, I mean, it's fun for a rooting interest that every, it seems like if you're not from New England, you'll probably be rooting for the Falcons in this game. Yeah. As I don't I think a lot of people hate so. the Falcons. I would have to think like, so. I don't, I don't yeah, yeah. There isn't honestly. There isn't a fan base that really like even other like, NFC. Like South even even the Saints yeah. and the and the Panthers. I mean, coming from North Carolina, like I don't think the Panthers really dislike the Falcons all that much. That's like, a, they're not a really I, hateable team. It's a I, fun group. They yeah. really aren't. Also, I think part of that comes to the fact that Atlanta sports fans aren't like the best. No, so, like they're not whereas, super like, rabid. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like if if a team like the Pats, like a lot of people don't just hate the team, like they hate the fans. Yeah. Part of it is definitely like people have theories about cold weather. Definitely a thing, but that's not all. Like, there's they're not like a beleaguered fan base that makes them like nah. so they're, tortured. They're pretty tortured. They've had oh, one championship okay. in their city's history. That's that's not a lot. That Braves that's, in '95 was that's it. That's all they're working with. Um, so I mean, yeah, if we're talking about tortured fan bases, they don't seem to just like. But they don't. They're not like aggressively tortured. They don't care tortured. enough. Yeah, they don't like care Cleveland enough. fans who are yeah. not to name names aggressively tortured. And I think Atlanta. Like, I don't mean this in a negative way for anyone that's from Atlanta. Atlanta's not a sports city. And that's not, like, a bad thing. It's just, like, great culture, just, yeah. really big on, you know, hip-hop, food, um, you know. what? Like, yeah, it's I, a, I'm trying to think of other Coke things. Coke Factory, Georgia Coke Factory. I, mean, I was there over break. When I, when I think <laughs> Atlanta is a really big hip-hop city for me. It's always yeah, been yeah, yeah. the home of a lot of really good, uh, you know, hip-hop rap artists in our time. And, like, sports... There's been some great sports moments. Michael Vick and the Falcons, you know, were Ugh. something special growing up. 
But then, like, you know, it's okay. <laughs> no, yeah. one's, no, no one's one, ever, like, like... Those Braves teams were cool, too. The Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz Braves teams. Those I mean, were, I hated them, but... But, I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> you, of course, you, and an NL East fan, hated them. But, yeah. I, I mean, they, I, they must have looking back on that, that's yeah. pretty that's pretty cool part of baseball history. And it's The Hawks are yeah. a storied franchise. Yeah, Never won, but you had one of the premier players of all time in Neek. And they've been the perennial playoff team, at least, in the 2000s. Josh Smith. Seven-time All-Star Joe, Joe Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, they never yeah. seemed uh, they never seemed like that great team. They never seemed like the great sports yeah, pour, team. Pouring like out for the Atlanta Thrashers. Oh, oh yikes. Yeah. R.I.P. Yikes. <laughs> That's uh, not great for the Atlanta Thrashers. All right, let's, let's talk a little bit more about this game, this matchup in particular. I mean, it's I'm pretty clear the, the Pats are a significant favorite in this one. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like the Falcons have a, a, more than a fighting chance, at least, in this. Definitely. I mean, the, the line is only three points. It's not huge. That's where it opened was Pats minus three. And I think that's fair. I mean, the pa- Patriots should definitely be favored in this game. Like, don't get it wrong. You have Tom Brady, who has four Super Bowls. You have Bill Belichick, who's been there the whole time. They're two fantastic, you know, talismans of the team in a way. And they have so much playoff experience that it's hard to bet against them. You know they'll be up for the task. You know they won't have the same experience that the Falcons have coming in with that whole, like, bright lights. It's a new stage. They haven't been to the Super Bowl, you know, in so long. And Matt Ryan never been to a Super Bowl. A lot of the key players never been to a Super Bowl. So, I mean, the Patriots should absolutely be favored. I think they... I think they'll probably have a slight advantage, but I do think it'll be a close game. I I hope it's a close game, but... I'm also scared. I'm also scared of the Pats <laughs> doing, doing their yeah. Pats thing because they're the Pats and they're gross and they're evil and they do this every time. Well, only one team's beat the Pats in the Super I know. <laughs> but even if it's like everything the, tells the me that the Pats, you know, are just going to run away with it, but I've been so surprised by the Falcons time and time again. Yeah. Other than that, oh, I was really surprised when the Eagles beat them. That was a... That was a shocker. Yeah. But, uh... Hey, still the, the being fa- surprised by yeah. the Falcons. <laughs> the, Fal- the Falcons' offense can keep pace with this New England offense. And the Falcons' pass rush is a little scary. Right? Uh, it's, uh, the pass rush is a little scary. The defense, I'm more likely to think that last week was the irregularity there. That's not yeah. the normal they're, defense they, for the Falcons. They they're not good. They cause some opportune turnovers, but they're not good. They're not, it's not no. a great defense, which scares me against Brady. But then again, the Patriots' defense, I don't think is anything super special. They're, and the Falcons' they're, offense... They're eighth overall in yards per game. They are, but their DVOA, which is defensive value over yep. average, uh, for those not listening, advanced football stat, used a lot of... Uh, they're really bad at DVOA, especially their past D- DVOA uh, defense. is something like 27th in the league, which is pretty bad because they have uh, former Eagles legends manning up the secondary, Patrick Chung and Eric Rowe, mm. who both are defensive sieves. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> not not great. But, I mean, if we're talking about the the one matchup I'm excited to look for, it's Malcolm Butler against Julio Jones. Absolutely, which number one. He tweeted, so, he tweeted four, four years, years ago. ago. That's so awesome. <laughs> That's Sometimes crazy. sports is great like that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, now they finally they get to match up against each other in the Super Bowl, and it's it, it should be cool, I think, because Malcolm Butler, obviously known for making a, a clutch Super Bowl play. Yeah. And then turned out to be a pretty good cornerback. But, you know, he's actually but, like that, very, but that play, like, you know, defined his career. Defined his career. It, it did. And, but he actually, since then, Here, yeah, he's been a Here's the real question. One. Would he have tweeted that last week after watching <laughs> oh, the game? Oh, 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 Absolutely <laughs> not. No way. <laughs> no chance at that. Like, he, he probably <laughs> saw the film last week and is quaking in his boots. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Julio Jones was shaking <laughs> off 
fourth string and Packers corners. So like scary. nobody's he, business. He caught the drag route and then waited for Gunter just so he could stick. Yeah, Julio was just mean last week. I mean, but he's just he's so physically talented. It's scary. And like the one pass he caught over the middle where he completely flipped backwards, yeah. and then like. The defenders hurt each other trying to tackle him, and he just pops up like nothing happened. Like it's it's amazing to watch. But beyond that, Matt Ryan threw touchdowns to like twelve or thirteen different receivers this season. So it's not just Julio Jones. Like yes, he has the ability to do that in one game. We saw it against the Panthers where he got three hundred yards, and we saw it last week get a fantastic game. But like Matt Ryan has been spreading the ball around a lot. Tyler Gabriel's been a great piece. Um, you know, even guys like the fullback out of the backfield are catching multiple touchdowns this season. And it's been pretty incredible to watch in terms of the way Matt Ryan, like, flings the ball around. And, like, he's a serious MVP candidate at this point. Yeah. I think he's the favorite. He's, I think he's a favorite. I I mean, I know Rodgers, you know, a lot of people run the table. And we got to talk about just regular season, too. We're not factoring in the postseason. Brady, you know, I love what he did. Amazing stats, you know, Nick Foles numbers out there. But, uh, <laughs> didn't play the first four games, you know. It's no knock on him. You just can't win the award. Matt Ryan had one of the most impressive seasons of all time in quarterback. Honestly, yeah. though, don't sleep on Derek Carr. Damn, I know go. Matt's going to like it, but that was not just to appease We're talking Matt. about value. That was not just, about, no, no, we <laughs> are talking about value. Did you value. see them play against the Texans? That's exactly they lost what I, to Brock Osweiler without Derek Carr. This is one, exactly. of the best, was one of the best offenses in football with him and one of the worst without him. If you're talking about value, saying, if you're talking about <laughs> Although, value. trying to come from an objective standpoint, Matt Ryan's stats this year are just yeah, about off Ryan, the charts. Yeah. The, the I would whole, give it to Ryan with that. I mean... We're talking about value. We're talking about the value of Derek Carr, my man's. I, I, I mean, I feel I like, know. although I feel like, it, as we are talking about value, like, I feel like other quarterbacks could do the same thing Matt Ryan's doing with uh, the Falcons. I don't know. It's what? not a great offensive line. There's one no, great receiver. True. But the thing is, he, mm? he's, you know, everyone's talking about Aaron Rodgers when he gets out of the pocket. He makes these crazy plays. Mm. You know how to better QB rating on passes outside of the pocket this year Matt than Aaron Rodgers? Right. Matt, Ryan. Matt Ryan. Like, that's insane. Why like, is he not as appreciated like, as uh, Rodgers? Is, is he not he's as flashy? Not, he's not he's, as flashy. He's not, like, mobile. He's not he, in the ads on State Farm. Everyone doesn't see him on their yeah, TV. Yeah, he's just, like... I don't know. What, he's what, kind why of is a it? quiet guy, and he's he hasn't really had any signature moments to his career. Like, I hate to say it, but, like, this is the year that he really caught our eye. He's been good, but not great. Yeah, he's not like I hate to say it in these like stupid terms, but he hasn't been elite his whole career, and he doesn't have a playoff run or a signature game. Nope. His or, signature like, game a, a signature... is blowing the lead to the 49ers yeah. in the playoffs. That is his exactly, game. and then, like, well, I think it's Aaron, also like part of it is the mysticism of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know, yeah. He also well, Matt Ryan plays on a team that not a lot of people care about. It's not a lot of people hate the Falcons. They're not, not love the Falcons. Yeah, they were on national TV. Twice this yeah, year, exactly. That no one, they're not like the Cowboys where everyone yeah. hates them, or they're yeah. not like the Packers. People love them, hate them. Like it's yeah, it's not that same kind of yeah, uh, different different team yeah. that stands out. It's a it's a really good it's team. a really good question. Like I wonder, like would Tony Romo? How much could he get out of this team? How much does Aaron Rodgers get out of this team? Well, how much? Does I think the other thing you have to consider too is if you look look at this season, like the Falcons were kind of pretty average. They were mediocre last season. Yeah. And that was because the Panthers had a great year. Panthers were 15-1. Panthers struggled this season, and then the Falcons make the playoffs. So, like, how much of that really had to do with and them being a weak year in the yeah. NFC South? And, I mean, yeah, their schedule, not the hardest. I'm not I Actually, I don't know if that's true, but at least they get six divisional games against 
pretty weak division. So you have mm. you have that going in that argument. The other thing is like, um, what was I gonna say, man? About <laughs> it's almost like you're sleeping. Like right? Yeah. The, the other <laughs> thing about you know Matt Ryan is that they he had a run the run game is so special. It enabled them to have so much time. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. one thing about Aaron Rodgers is you know he's really working without a running back. Right? Without a running back, yeah. Ty Montgomery years. did his Number best, but he's got a wide receiver and a yeah. fullback. Yeah. Yeah. Those are his two best options. Right? Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, as any fantasy owner can tell you, oh, are lethal. 100%. Which you know. Makes it really easy yeah. for him to get open throws, and he has a guy named Julio. Although he did have stretches without him this year, right. so it was good. But yeah. and not a lot else, to be fair. Like the yeah. rest of the weapons on that Atlanta team, there's not a lot of. Well, other Gabriel turned out to be a really good again. That's run the, after the catch, the quarterback, the quarterback receiver. You think? Yeah, yeah, yeah there it's too. true. Mm. I mean, I don't think mm. Chris Hogan is an elite receiver, but we can talk about that more uh, <laughs> with the Pats uh, predictions right now. Before we move on to the next part, you guys want to start it off? Man, I've picked against the Falcons every game so far in the playoffs, and I've been wrong. Yeah. I've gone with the Patriots every time in the playoffs, and I've been right so far. I don't know, man, but I can't pick against the Patriots. Like, in this game with Tom Brady and with picking against the spread or just straight up? I was, I was just going to do straight up. All right, we'll do straight up. It's a spread small. Anyway. Spread small anyway, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know that it would make a huge it doesn't difference make it in my pick. Uh, but I would probably pick the Patriots. I would, I would take the Patriots, too, and I... I'm not going to blink twice. My number one rule for doing the picks that we filled out on ESPN every week this year, always pick the Pats. Never pick the Niners. I stick with those every time. I'm going the Niners with aren't around. Exactly. Yeah. But no that's with rule number one. And I'm going to do rule number one. I, it's Im- almost impossible to pick against the Pats. Like, you just can't. But this is one of those, like, things, like, all the money is on the Pats, you know? It's all Yeah, on one the of those kind of games. Yeah. One of those kind of games, like... But then you're like overthinking it too much. Yeah, like, you know what? Like it's the Pats, it's the Super Bowl. We've seen this before. Here's like here's the things it comes down to. Like both these teams' defenses are kind of you know not average. Turnovers. The quarterbacks are good. The offenses are good. But you look, you keep going back to one thing: the head coaching matchup. Yeah. Dan Quinn is that is that's his name, right? That's yeah. His name, Dan. Yeah. Quinn. Dan Quinn done a great job. Done a great job. But, <laughs> yes, it's been incredible. Coach the Bill, too. Bill Belichick doesn't mess around. Interesting story <laughs> though, Dan Quinn being the defensive coordinator uh, for the, the Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah. yeah. Whenever they played the Patriots, so might have a little bit of experience in that role in terms of playing against the Patriots in a Super Bowl. Yeah. And game planning for Brady. Uh I'm gonna take the Pats against the spread, but the Falcons to win. You heard it here first on Sports Voice After Dark. So you're taking Interesting. Wait, what the Falcons are gonna win? Oh, uh, it doesn't work like that. That's Sorry. not how that works. I'm just take yeah. the Falcons to win. Falcons are gonna win. So then, yeah, okay. Falcons gonna. I'll just take the Falcons with the spread. Maybe the Pats will win. By oh, two. okay. So you're gonna, uh, you're, gonna okay. you're gonna take okay, the three okay, points. Okay. Yeah. I'm right. taking the points. All right, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I think it could be a close game. I, I hope that. that's all I hope. For. That's all you I know hope what? for too. And if I were a betting man, if the Pats win again, I'll be mad, but not that mad. I'd rather have it be yeah. a close. If game. If I were a betting man, I would not bet on that. That bet. Plus You'd three. Bet on. But stay tuned to Sports Wars after Prop. next week. We're going to have a whole segment on prop bets in the Super Bowl. Anyways, moving on. All right. <laughs> let's talk about the NBA. Let's talk about all-star announcements. Uh, first, let's talk about the starting announcements, and I think we all have our own disagreements with those. Uh, we can jump right in there with, I think, the most controversial, which is the Western Conference backcourt, where it's <laughs> Steph Curry and James Harden 
The front court filled out by KD, Kawhi, and AD. I'm fine with the rest of that. But Steph Curry getting the nod, and there's someone, there's someone who's averaging a triple double this season, and he is not starting the All Star game. That's Russell Westbrook. I don't think Oscar that's Robertson. I don't think that's right. Okay. Are you guys with me on this? Hundred and ten percent agree. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's no reason that that Curry well, should be starting over. There's so, there's been some news that has come out that the players didn't take the vote that seriously. The player turnout wasn't that high. And honestly, I think the way it just worked was that the weighting of the vote to the fan vote and the not enough players came out for Russ. Mm-hmm. And the fans, you know, Steph Curry is two-time reigning MVP. He's, you know, every kid ever loves to watch him play. Like, of course he's going to win that fan vote. But the players did my man's a disservice. Yeah. Like... It's just unfair. People were saying the players didn't turn out to vote as much either. There yeah, was some, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of weird. I don't understand that. And personally, I think the players would be on the side of Westbrook in yeah. terms of, like, the Warriors that's are a very you, hated team, and, like, the league is sort of rallying behind doing, Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not going to be too much of a big deal. He's going to make the team anyways. I'm guessing once the all-NBA teams come out, if he I'm continues just to have a triple to play on the same team as KD. Something mm. better. Mm. Like, is he gonna like treat it like, oh, like we back? I'm gonna throw you some oops, or is he gonna stone cold? He's definitely not throwing no. KD oops. There's no chance. <laughs> He's definitely passing no. everyone else. Do you think him and, Hard- every you think him and Harden are just jacking every shot? Oh yeah, nobody else gets a shot. KD wide open in the corner. They, they, they see. Here's, here's the thing. They both still have to get a triple double, so they will pass to each other, oh. but they will not pass to anybody else in the team. Every single Russell Westbrook drive will be a fake pass, Euro step, fake pass being to Durant and then putting it up. Yeah, that's it's interesting to uh, to think about what will happen with that. I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, you could get, imagine getting Harden, Durant, and Westbrook all on the floor at the same time. Oh, oh, that'd be like, <laughs> oh um, Who gets to coach that team? We've never seen that <laughs> Scott Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him back. <laughs> Bring him back. Um, so that's the West All-Stars. I think we're all in agreement. Are we all, we're all cool with the other four guys starting them. Assuming yeah, in yeah, Harden, yeah, yeah. Durant, Kawhi, yeah, and absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, and then you gotta. There's a lot of guys that were close that will. You're gonna fill them out the rest of the that roster. You're talking about Boogie Cousins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. talking about. Job. Uh, yeah, yeah. Boogie. You know, on the West, Draymond, maybe Draymond, probably I, an All Star. You know, you think you, you think about what he's doing. Probably, yeah. You think about maybe Dame or CJ. You know, but I mean, those guys aren't on the same level as. Russ Harden. Yeah, Curry, no, no. So. Those three are those three are pretty solid back there. Uh, you know, maybe Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, I can sneak Mike Conley in there. Mike Conley's nice really good. Marcus Saul's been Marcus great. Saul's had a good year. Um, like, we can get into that when we get. We can talk. Yeah, like, yeah. We want to talk about the bench. We can talk about the bench a little now. What we want to do with that yeah. for the Western the Conference West. bench. Um, I think Demarcus Cousins is a lock. Yeah, yeah. Boogie's a lock. Uh, I got Green is a lock for me. Draymond. <laughs> I got Russ as a lock too. Does, does that mean oh Clay yeah, yeah. yeah a, of does course, that mean Clay's a lock? I I think Clay's in there. I don't know if he's a lock, but I, I have him in there. But I don't have him as quite a lock. Yeah. Uh, and then that, I think Gordon Hayward deserves a spot. Yeah, he does. I thought and about what that. What about Rudy Gobert? I, I I had to give it to Rudy mm. Gobert. So there's those two like mm. wild card spots at the end of the bench. I went with Rudy Gobert there instead of Gordon Hayward. I wasn't really sure about that yeah. one. It depends and how much you value they, you defense also, like, versus scoring, I guess. It hurts but. so much that Chris Paul has to play point guard behind all of these guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's injured. Blake had the injury. But DeAndre, he's mm. quietly I still been really I good. I wouldn't put him over Boogie, Gobert, Gasol, Boogie or Davis. Yeah. Yeah, or Gasol, or Davis. He's not. So he's just below, I think, yeah. my cut. Um, so then my my end up, my end up with my, my final team here ends up Russ, Dame, Draymond, Boogie, Marcus Gasol, 
and then Rudy and Clay get the wild card spots in the West. What do you I, don't have, I don't have much to disagree yeah. with that. I, yeah. You got I mean, Hayward I, in there? I, wouldn't, I didn't write out really a whole team, but yeah, I would put definitely Gordon Hayward in. I think he definitely deserves it this season. Who would you take Cody out of Cousins, those Russ. other ones? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I You could play around with it a lot. Play, maybe, maybe That's not. That's a reasonable argument there. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> again, it's it's I, yeah, close. Yeah, like, it's... Honestly, I really feel like it's not that important. It's not. It really I feel like it's so... It's, it's really it's not. Unless there's contract incentives tied to it. Ooh. Oh, wait. Ooh. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> another another True issue enough. for another True time. Enough, but yeah. It's not... Uh, maybe not the best system. The, I, I, I envision a system where the all-NBA teams at the end of the year mean more than the all-star game. I think they yet. do. I think they do. I don't... I don't know how much... I mean, we're not... I don't there's, know. We're not players. There's, don't money, know yeah, there's money kickers involved. In that, too. I think that's more important. Um, all right, moving on, though. Let's go to the East now. Starters there are Kyrie, DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Buckets, Giannis, and LeBron. And this backcourt, there's so many different ways you can mix and match guys in there. Kyrie yeah, and DeRozan... There are a lot of different ways, and they didn't do the right one. They're fine. I don't think that's terrible, but I don't think it's the best. Who do you think is the best? I think Isaiah Thomas has to be a starter. He's averaging twenty nine points a game. I don't, he's I, been so good. I like, but he's such a defensive liability. Like he's you, having him on the floor in the fourth quarter is just a this is the all star game for you. Matt, you? We 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 don't I, care. I, I factor, we want I defensive liability. Yeah, but there are some two way guards in the East. Looking at Kyle, Kyle Lowry, Lowry, John, John yeah. Wall. John Wall's having yeah. his best season ever. Yeah. Um, Stuck on that's what that's what makes this such a conversation because I think you're right. I think Isaiah Thomas. It's fair to say he's having maybe the best offensive season of any guard in the East. Um, but I don't know if, with the defensive liability, if I take him over a Kyle Lowry or even Kyrie. I think him and Kyle Lowry should be in ahead of Kyrie and DeRozan. I think, yeah, Kyle Lowry over DeMar is an important point to make because Kyle Lowry can do almost everything that DeMar DeRozan can do in terms of creating off the dribble. He's not as big, he's not as dominant inside, but he's so much of a better shooter while also being a great defensive player. Kyle Lowry is the engine of that team. DeMar DeRozan scoring is a nice auxiliary piece, but Kyle Lowry is that team's backcourt. He's the center of that whole mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. The, he needs to be starting that game over DeRozan. That, that's my beef with the Eastern Conference one. I agree. Well, I, think, I got some beef. Yeah. Jimmy Butler's a guard. Okay. Uh, yeah. He's a forward. He can be a three. He's a three. He's okay, a three. but Joel Embiid just needs to be there. Embiid, Embiid can be there. <laughs> Maybe I be there. I I think he'd be there. I, I want him there for the fun, but I don't, we'll get to that if when we want to talk about who's on your bench for the East. Uh, I've got my benches: uh, Lowry, It, John Wall, Kemba, who we haven't talked about, who's had an Kemba's amazing. Kemba's having season. a weak It season. Um, it's it's an amazing season though in terms of just he's had the best he's yeah. ever been. Paul Millsap is my big with PG thirteen, uh, who's also been quietly doing his thing on Indiana. And no. I gave the last spot. You're not gonna like this. I gave it to Kevin Christophs? Love. Oh, I gave well, Kevin, Kevin Love has been really. He's good. been really good this yeah, year. And people, really I don't know why people don't like Kevin Love because he's been really, really good. Uh, but he yeah. gets overshadowed on that team with the other two guys, and he's been just excellent in his role. Well, if anything, those and I, two should have made it not Kyrie because there's so many other good guards. I would. I mean, if we're talking about Embiid trying to fit in there, I, it, for me it was between like Embiid and Kevin Love. But Embiid not playing on back-to-backs and Embiid not playing more than 30 minutes a game means we just haven't seen enough of him to put me over Kevin Love, in my opinion. But value. I know that makes you sad. I would disagree. Talking about value. I would disagree. I think Embiid should be it. Yeah, Embiid should be it. For the fun factor, like, Talking yeah, about sure. value. We're talking about value. Yeah, I, 
Kevin Love's pretty valuable to a team, uh, to the Cavs, as we saw. Not as valuable yeah. to the Cavs as a B this Yeah, that's not even a discussion. He's not the, oh, wait, what are you talking about value? Is he the best player on the team? No, but is he super important to the team? Does he contribute yeah, a lot of value to the team? If you take him off the team, they're still getting to the finals. <laughs> they're worse, though. They're not as good. And I don't think the Sixers are as good. Well, yeah, how much worse than the Sixers? When Embiid's on the floor, they're a top defensive team in the league. Oh. Yes, their yeah. the ratings show that. That's so few minutes, though, dude. It's such it's a small sample. It's not so few minutes. He doesn't play back-to-back. He doesn't play back He doesn't play more than 30 minutes a game. You have enough of a sample size over the season to make that determination. He don't. He's played 30 games of his NBA career. Like, how is that enough of a sample size to say that they're one of the best teams in the league? That's just... No, the best defensive, defensive teams team. in the yeah, league. Yeah, exactly. That's not enough of a sample at all. It's 30 games of not even playing a full game in all of those games. To me, I need to see a little... It's been fun to watch him. He's been a joy to watch, especially live the one time. Shout out to the Bucks Sixers. But hey. uh, I, I still I haven't seen disagree. I think there's him. enough sample size. I agree. There's been half a season of a dude playing... Uh, 25 minutes a game, you could say that when he's on the court, the numbers say that they're one of the best defenses in the league. It's it's still not quite enough for me from Embiid this year. I mean, it's not all his fault either. You know like, the only, you know the only rookie to score more I'm, per 36? Well, not, I mean, you can per 36 all you want, but the guy's not going to get as tired if he's not playing on back-to-backs. He's not going to be worn out in the fourth quarter if he's playing right. 25 minutes I a game. I think he's more of a star than K-Love, but K-Love's really good, and it's not a star. I, don't, I mean, it's not, a, it's not like his fault that he's... I would take off Kemba and put on him. Yeah, what? Yeah, Kemba's yeah, so good this yeah. year, though. Kemba is so efficient. It's a nice reward for the guy who's... Worked so hard he, when he first came in the league was not nearly this good and has developed every year to becoming a premier guard in the East. That's so you what you, get, you hand out awards for development. I think get, yes, I think you should be rewarded I would for getting argue better. Embiid, who's been playing and, a organized basketball for what four years, I would say development, pretty good development there. I mean, yeah, okay, that, that's fair. You get a ticket for working hard from. every year in the league, and you make an All Star <laughs> game just because you work. And it's not just because he's worked hard; it's because he's better now than he was before, and it's because he's, he's one of the best players in the league. There's too many good guards in the Eastern Conference. There are a lot of good guards. Like which, you can't put in Kemba if you have Wall, Thomas, Kyrie. And DeMar Lowry, yeah. or Lowry. You can't have five point guards. <laughs> you can't have five point it's guards. It's a lot of guards. You had five. You had Kyrie, Lowry, they're Paul, all so good. Thomas, Kemba. I don't leave it them It doesn't off. matter. I can't you don't them. put five point guards on the team. <laughs> you do a blind numbers comparison between like Kemba and Wall, and they're going to look very, very similar. All right, let's do it right now. They're really, really good seasons from Kemba that people have not been noticing and people have not been respecting the way that they should. And... I, I, I'm going to make my case for Kemba, yeah. He's well, I'm going to make my case that you can't have five guards on a basketball team and that Joel Embiid <laughs> okay. should get in it's, over the worst of a, those five guards. It's an guards. award. We're not actually, like, constructing a quality, yeah, I, like... That's how they do That's how they do an all-star the team. They, yeah, they, they vote they for a reasonable numbers. They, they, no, it's, the, it's coaches, the coaches fill out the bench with reasonable numbers. No coach... Who's it going to be? It's the best coach, right? It's going to be uh, Tyron Lue. Yeah. Tyron Lue's up putting five guards... On his all-star I, team. I got my guard spots, I got my wild card spots, and I gave the players who I thought were the most talented players and who have had the best seasons in those wild card spots. For me, that's going to be Kemba. Kemba's uh, having a dirt... Oh, John, no, John Wall's having a good year. Whoa, these are the wrong stats. John Wall is having a good year. Kemba's having a good year. Kemba's there are so many good guards in the East. <laughs> Kemba, Kemba's averaging 23 points and 5 assists. John Wall's averaging 
23 points, and 10 assists. Okay, well, not oh. just assists. Guy. Oh. There's, there's a lot of other stats. That play. I'm John pretty Wall's sure John Wall's averaging 2.2 much better two steals. Kemba's averaging 42%. It depends what you want, like, in a guard. I want a guard who can shoot threes. I want a guard who can attack the rim. I want a guard who can do really, like, But they're scoring the same amount of points. So, John Wall's Wall's effective field goal percentage is 49. Kemba's is 54. So, there's a little more. Kemba's a little more efficient. They're both really good, John. my point. But Kemba gets five trips to the the line per game. John Wall gets six. That's how John Wall... All right, so... They get their scoring in different ways. John both Wall gets five scorers. rebounds. Kemba gets three. They're different players, but they're both really good, <laughs> is my point. John Wall's more all-around impact in the game. John Wall's a better And player. Kemba's also, to give him his credit, he's having the best year of his career. Kemba's really good. Nobody's I love Ke- I love Kemba, but he just plays at a position that's so stacked that he's got to be held up to the standard of the other guys at his position. Yeah, all right. He's. I think I, I take his, his shooting. It makes me, makes me like him almost as much as I like every other guard. And they're all kind of separated by just hairs. If we're talking about the best guards in the East, what they bring to the table, we can even talk about with that with the starters too. That they're all so good. That yeah, I mean it's definitely very. You're close splitting hairs it's, it's and you're comparing like the these guys. Like, okay, there's no like three great guys. Yeah, there's no it's like, eh. big drop off after those top yeah, three. Yeah. It's yeah. this whole mess of really good players, and just not Embiid's fault, but the fact that he just hasn't played that much this year is. Not encouraged. No, Kobe didn't play that much that one time. Okay, well, Kobe's <laughs> a different thing. Maybe well, when he beats 38 years old and has made like 15 All Star teams, has five rings, whatever, and it's like, then then Embiid can get his easy coast of the All Star game ticket. But you do have to trust the process on that one. John mind. Wall's assist percentage is 44.4. Kemba's is 30. They're different. Oh, they're different styles of I guard, mean, dude. John Wall creates more often single handedly. How how good of a shooter is John Wall compared to Kemba? He, he just shoots the really well. Percentages, yeah, forty-nine Kemba's to fifty-four. He still but, shoots, but John Wall 50. adds five more assists per game and uh, at a much higher Kemba's clip, at fifty percent higher. But Kemba helps you space the floor with the three points. It's either adding different things to the game that they're not. They're, they're, you can't compare but them. Do you but want he's your responsible for to be responsible for the He's responsible the for more points and team. plays better defense. He, is the defense that much better? Is he averages more steals. Kemba's objectively not a great defender. Yeah. John Wall is objectively at at baseline a good defender. When he's locked in, when which he's locked he in, usually is, he can be a one very of the better good defenders. defender. That's true. John Wall is very good. That's why he made my team. Kemba also made my team because he's been very good. The uh, only advantage Kemba has on him is pure shooting. Everything else, John Wall has the advantage. I think in terms of just defense, like, John Wall has a better offensive rating. <laughs> Passing. I, I, if we're talking I mean, about like off the dribble, like shot creation too, I I think Kemba's right up there with John. Yeah, Wall I would count that. that within pure scoring. Yeah, but even that driving so to the hoop, I prefer John Wall. I uh, yeah, I probably would too because he's just bigger and stronger and he gets the line outside a the more. paint is the only advantage Kemba has. It's a pretty big John advantage. Wall. So it, they give you different things from the guards, but they're both elite guards who I think deserve to be in the All Star team. Can't have five. Cannot <laughs> have five point guards. All right, want to jump yeah. into the lightning round now? We're going to agree uh, to disagree on this one. Yeah, we're going to have to do... Um, no, we're going to talk about basketball for two more minutes. Okay, because you need to finish your lightning round question. Yeah, we're going to have to Sounds do a nine-round lightning round. Oh, uh, man. A nine-question lightning round. So I apologize sincerely. Sorry. Uh, Tragic. Okay. All right, basketball yeah, hate, thought. Hate What's your finals it. prediction, Parker? Hate to say finals prediction. That's a what great, is this? great question. <laughs> is uh, 
Does it rhyme with, <laughs> with Mavs Warriors? <laughs> the answer would be yes. Three in yeah. a row. Yeah. I mean, okay, Good so. Question. Is it as great of a uh, dynasty as Celtics Lakers? Ooh, How do you compare the like two? rivalry? Like, well, yeah. Celtics Lakers never played three in a row. You're talking about, like, yeah, like mid Yeah, in terms Celtics, of like, West East rivalry. Um. I don't. I don't know. I, wait, Grant, I wasn't alive at the time. I can't yeah, say yeah, like, we don't what it was like in terms of the rivalry. But the way that the series has gone the last two years, how entertaining it's been, um, especially this last year. It's. Uh, I mean, I'm. I'm excited for round three. I hope round three, round three most likely will happen, and I'm excited for it because I mean, it's. And we're at a time in the league where there are two teams that are so much better than every other team yeah. that. It's just like everyone's kind of been waiting for round three. Also, Any chance for the Spurs? Long. Any chance at all for the Spurs? Give them matter. credit. They've had a very, very good year in a year that I they thought they won were, on the road. They would, I thought they were going to take Golden a huge State. step down this year. I thought they were going to be they never do. significantly worse. But yeah, Great they never do. He, he just, never it's a machine. Stops. It's a mach- basketball machine in San Antonio. You gotta I give love credit. the fact that they're so under the radar. Like It yeah. makes it so much more enjoyable. Every the year, The fact too, that they're right? always second behind the word. I love it. Every I year, they it. seem to be under the radar. All right, this is the year they're too old. This is the year they're going to start falling And everybody apart. says it every single year. But, they're. I mean, I don't know. They've done it. Some, they knocked out the Warriors a few years ago. That was that Manu game. That was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I mean, they could. They definitely could. There's no doubt in my mind. I don't... I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's likely, but I think yeah, there's a yeah. somewhat of a possibility. Is there any other challenger in the West that you would... You would, uh, you would I don't have faith in the Rockets. No, nah, I don't. I know. like the Rockets a lot, but they're not ready yet. No. Yeah, I mean, like, um, they're good. I mean, absolutely, they're good. No, Rockets, they're, Warriors, they're, that they're series, uh, the Conference Championship Series, what was it, two years ago, was closer than it looked on paper, because there, there were a couple games that went right down to the wire at the beginning of that series that really could have gone either way and flipped that series in the Rockets' favor early on. Um, but I think that was, that, was a, off on Iggy. that was a different team a couple years ago. Someone in this room doesn't like the Warriors very much. I'm not going to name names, but it feels like <laughs> someone may have Well, it's definitely not the guy wearing the Warriors hoodie no, right no, now. No, that's, that's process of elimination. Not one. <laughs> I hate both of your teams. Oh my God. <laughs> Parker's wearing an Arsenal shirt. Yeah. So uh all are evil. So yeah. So someone's got some some sports opinions in this room here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think the Rockets are I think you're right, Parker. I don't think the Rockets have a chance. In the East James anyone, Harden is having a fantastic James season. Harden, yeah, he's having I think MVP caliber season. Ooh, that's another another take. Got takes on sports sports after I think question. Harden should get it, but over us? I don't know. I, I, don't I see I'm I'm flipping a coin on this one, guys. I don't know. It's uh, tough. So uh, I'm flipping a coin. His Improvement as a passer. It's been crazy. I mean, the amount of time, like, the, the, the fact that he's really been playing, like, basically point yeah. guard most we of the season. Talked about the beginning of the season, like, okay, over under 10 assists per game for Harden. I was like, oh, probably under. That seems like a lot. Yeah. He's yeah. blowing that out of the water. He's been incredible. He's as a 12 passer. assists a game. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Crazy. I mean, um, he's. It's fun to watch, though, because, like, he's, he, for so long, was just one of those players, like, okay, we yeah. can score. We know we can't play defense. He's a good passer, not a great passer, not mm-hmm. really a point guard. And now all of a sudden he's like, oh, yeah, no, I pass great. He's a superstar. Get yeah, at me. Just like when he first got traded to the Rockets, I was like, all right, that's nice. They got Can a nice talk about the what if auxiliary of the fact score. That he was like the sixth man on <laughs> oh, man. the Thunder. <laughs> oh, like if you have all those guys on the same team now, like I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, but I don't, again, I, it's, uh, I mean, I don't think it would work the other way too. Like they also, Russ and, 
Harden, and even Durant is having an incredible season as well. I mean, Durant has been like the best player on the Warriors, <laughs> oh, especially yeah. like in their big wins. He's actually the MVP. MVP. He's the alpha conversation he is too. The alpha. Um, but I don't think they all have the superstar success that they're having now. If they're all still on the same team. They may not develop right. all the same way. They may right. Harden doesn't have to become this incredible passer if he's playing with Westbrook and Durant. Westbrook, Westbrook doesn't have to do literally everything literally for the everything. team. Um, and then Durant can't fall into this beautiful role that he's in now, where yeah, he just where he scores forty points on sixteen shots. Right, it's because Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, he can be the most Draymond efficient person I think yeah. I've ever seen uh, yeah. on a basketball court. So they're all been incredible in their own way this year, and they've all. I don't think they all would be able to do the same thing on the same team. That being said, if that team, if there's a team right now with Westbrook, Harden, and Durant from this season, that team wins the title, doesn't it? Mm. If you're playing, let's say the Warriors have, it's like last year's Warriors, they can get Harrison Barnes back, and the, I don't know, and then the Cavs are still doing their thing. Like, I would probably take that Thunder team over either one of those. But interesting. I don't know. It, it, the what if game is fun. The what if game is fun. Is Speaking of what if, what if I actually got ten questions for both lightning rounds? You did. Yeah, there's uh, some throwaway baseball questions in there. Well, oh, you got boo. You got the uh, the bonus fad of basketball takes with Matt and Parker. So I hope you all enjoyed that. Yeah, it's been a fun uh, almost fun. hour of fads. So we're gonna close it out with the lightning round. Uh, for those who don't know, and if you don't know, what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, Lightning Round is a sports news quiz. It's two sets of ten questions each. They increase in value and difficulty. There are three easy questions worth a point, three medium questions worth two points, three hard questions worth three points each, and a Philly sports special worth four points. There is always a rapper question of the week in the second set of questions, and the Landon Donovan question of the week is in the first set of questions. Uh, we've had a great lightning round last week where Raggett's posted uh, 14 points. Can anyone beat that? We'll see. Um, this is a pretty hastily put together lightning round. Those tend to be easier than other ones, but who knows? <laughs> Get it started with some rock, paper, scissors right. to decide uh, who goes paper, where. Paper, scissors, scissors. Shoot. Oh, let's All go. Right, so Matt McHugh, Matt McHugh with the scissors. Wow. Does he oh, want boy. to go first or second? Hmm. We're going to do... Which one's got the landing question? The first one has landed. I'm going to do the second one. The right, first so one's going to be soccer. Matt's going to avoid the landed Donovan question of the week, leaving that to Parker. It's not an easy one, but let's get it started. Easy question, or so I think. I don't know if it actually is. Uh, who hit a game winner over his brother on Saturday in the NBA? Hmm. I don't have many sets of brothers that are well, in the there's NBA. Um, There's something particular. Oh, uh, Marquise Morris. Wrong. Oh, Marcus so Morris. Marcus Morris. Ah, too close. That is really the only set of brothers I do know. <laughs> it's a 50, I had to guess one. I had to guess one. I don't actually know which one is which. Yeah, yeah. Most people, uh, uh, it was on the Wizards. Hit it over his brother on the Pistons. Oh, fantastic. Uh, next easy question. Marcus is. Oh, uh, Mark. Yeah. See, see I don't even. Maybe I was right. I know. I know. Marcus hit the shot. Yeah. Uh, who fumbled for the Packers early on in the game to change the momentum against the Falcons? That would be Rupkowski. That would be correct. Uh, one point. Next easy question. Easy. Uh, who beat Louisville 73-68 to Saturday in college basketball in a big ACC win? Florida State. That is correct. Two points for Parker. Uh, on to the medium questions. ACC basketball. Who upset Liverpool in the Premier League on Saturday 3-2? Swansea City. That is correct. Go Swans. Hey, hey. Uh, Landon Donovan. Could have been Landon Donovan question of the week. He's a minority owner. 
I knew that. Four points yeah. for Parker. Uh, next oh. medium question. This is the baseball throwaway. Oh boy. Who did the Dodgers land to play second base today? No idea. I Logan Forsythe. Logan Forsythe. Gave up a lot. Yeah, I know. Not. All right. That was I honestly Forsyth's can't good. name Forsyth's a single good. MLB second baseman. I don't think. Really? Chase Utley. <laughs> I would right. have said that. All right. Well, <laughs> either would I. Uh, four points. All right. Uh, medium question. Who hit a last second shot? To send the game to overtime for the Celtics on Saturday against the Blazers. Mm. Isaiah Thomas? No. Uh, I typed it in as Terry Rogier's. There's <laughs> <laughs> only one of them. There's <laughs> only one. <laughs> only one. Uh, Terry, Terry Rogier. All right. On to the hard ones. You're on four. Uh, this is some tennis. Who oh. upset number one Andy Murray in the Australian Open on Saturday? Relatively unheralded dude. Yeah, I don't know his name. I saw it. Is he Australian? No, he's like German. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Misha Zverev. Tough one. That was a good right. one. Yeah. Uh, next hard question. Who scored the game winner for Columbus to beat the Senators 7-6 to six on Sunday? I have no idea. He's a, there's there's one player on Columbus who's really good. Can you name like anybody on Columbus? I can't. That's a negative. Are they the Blue Jackets? Yeah, they're, that's, yeah they're they've been really red good red this year. They're one of the best teams in hockey. I, I know that. I don't know a single player. I can't name a single player. All right, it's, Blue Jackets. It's Cam Atkinson. Yeah, apparently he's pretty that. good. Sure he is. All right, still on four <laughs> points. It's been a tough. Actually, maybe I made these hard. I don't know. Here's the Landon Donovan question of the week. Landon Donovan and his former United States men's national team is. Kicking off 2017 with a friendly on Sunday against which team? Dang. Uh, Panama? Nope. Uh, this is Serbia. Uh, Serbia. Tough one. Then question of the week. It's a tough one. Oh, man. All right. Here's the Four Philly points. Sports I'm Special. Struggling. I could use this Here's one. the Philly Sports Special. It's hockey. <laughs> but you might know. This is, this is a relatively easy one. Uh, who scored the overtime game winner for the Flyers against the Islanders on Sunday? Can you name a Philadelphia Flyer? If you can, there's a high chance you get it right. He was on the cover of NHL. I don't know. I have no idea. I need Wayne to look up Simmons? what No, Claude Giroux. Oh, okay. He's like, he's I, actually I on the like, cover of NHL. I don't, I don't I know. I like the cover a Giroux. I don't like that Giroux. <laughs> <laughs> Olivier Giroux is bad. This one spells his name not, with an X. Olivier spells Scorpion his name. I've heard, of, I've heard of Claude Giroux. Though. Scorpion. So you've legend. heard of him. Here, I've heard of him. Okay. Okay. Heard of what of Olivier Giroux? No. No. He is that a soccer player? Oh. Matt. We Arsenal's can, a soccer team, right? Yes. Yeah, Matt's okay. soccer knowledge <laughs> is slowly, slowly improving. I, kn- I knew Arsenal's Whereas my baseball and hockey knowledge is not. That's why I lost last time. All right, Matt McHugh, you need five points for the win. Let's do it. Let's get it done. Let's do it. Uh, who hit the game winner with five seconds left for the Sixers against the Blazers on Friday? Bob Covington. That's correct. One point. Uh, who said he would come back for one more season after the AFC Conference Championship? James Harrison? Correct. Two points. I figured he'd never go uh, Who <laughs> defeated UCLA 96-85 to 85 on Saturday in college basketball? Mm. Uh... UCLA. Arizona. Correct. Nice. Three points. Yeah, that took me a second. Uh, here's <laughs> the win. Looking these. at the rest of these questions, I don't know if you can get any other. So this is actually probably for the win. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, but it's baseball. This is my throwaway baseball question. Uh, which, picture, which pitcher decided, decided 
to skip the upcoming World Baseball Classic. What? Oh, uh, do I get a country? Is he an American pitcher? He's not American. Do I get a country where he's from? No, because if you get a country, uh, it's cheap. It's huh. he's from a country that there's. Is it not a lot of baseball players from this country? Or are there a lot of baseball players from this country? I don't know. A lot of people skip the World Baseball Classic. Admit. <laughs> Well, he just decided today. Oh. Name an international pitcher. All right. Hang on, hang on. Let me see if I can read um, this article and give you a hint. Okay, fine. I'll take it. Um, oh? He's on a really big deal. He's on a big deal. He's a pitcher. Foreign country. I'm going to guess. Masahiro Tanaka. That is correct. Oh, no! 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 I no! No! See, I couldn't say the country. Let's go. There's not a lot of other... Well, there's, there's points, a good Japanese pitchers, Five points for Matt McHugh. I don't think Wayne That's Chen would have been as good. Let's see if I was <laughs> correct and if you'll get any more of these. Okay. Who became the all-time leading Manchester United goal scorer in history on Saturday with a late goal against Stroke City? Uh, oh wait, wait, wait! This is a guy I've heard of. I've heard of him. I've know. heard of him. Wayne Rooney. That's nice. correct. Oh, I got the soccer question. I got the soccer question. Let's go. Wow. Oh. I'm. I'm actually not gonna lie, Matt McHugh. I'm a little proud of you. Oh right now. man. I don't know how you Good do job. that. I should wow. just leave right now. Yeah. I don't think I can ever talk. Seven that. points. <laughs> Matt McHugh remembered the name. Oh. Wayne Rooney. That's a shout out for anyone who remembers his famous Everton goal. I don't. Against the Invincibles. <laughs> um, uh, all right, next one, and next medium oh, question. Who scored a career thir- career high 33 points for the Heat in their win over the Bucks on Saturday? There's going to be a lot of people. Let's go with Tyler Johnson. No, this is uh, <laughs> Dion, Men Lie, Women Lie, Buckets, Buckets Don't Don't <laughs> Waiters. He should be a Spad Athlete of the Year. He should be. He should yeah. be nominated. Next, all right. Next time. Still on seven. Wow. Uh... Here's a tennis question for you. <laughs> Which American 25-year-old upset number one Angelique Kerber and proceeded to dab after the match? Mm. Mm. Beat the number one in your dab. Let's think. Uh, it's American. American tennis players. I don't know a lot of those. People who dab, I know a lot of those. I'm going to go with designer. <laughs> he could pick up a racket. Designer's the, not a female <laughs> tennis player. <laughs> that, huh? it's just, we don't know that. He makes a lot that. of weird noises <laughs> in his profession. Coco Vandaway. <laughs> ah, I wasn't going to get that. Uh, well done to her. She's um, the final. Any relation to Kiki Vandaway? No. Or maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, here's your hockey question. Who posted a 1-0 shutout, including through overtime, Sunday night in the NHL against the Detroit Red Wings? Can't give you the team and give it away. Hey, give it away. Okay. Who played the Red Wings in hockey in a one nothing shutout? Hmm. Uh, let's just name a good goalie. I don't know. Henrik Lundqvist. Did I get it? Yes. Oh, it's no. so late. That was just such a random. Oh, come on. Guess. No. Come on. No way you do that. No. I was a guess. All right. I all right. He's legitimately a good goalie. no idea. He's a good goalie. He's a good guy. He Ten. plays in the Eastern Conference. Somehow, He's a good goalie. Matt McHugh has 10 points. That was incredible. Knowing about. <laughs> One of these questions. <laughs> a heroic run. Uh, <laughs> here's the rapper question of the week. This is where you're going to make your, your money. Can you name three of the rappers on the sidelines of the Atlanta Falcons' victory over the Packers on Sunday? Ludacris? That's one. Gucci Mane? Gucci was not, uh, not apparently apparently. He not was there. there. I saw okay, a picture on Twitter. We'll give you Gucci. So okay. that's two. You I, just thought, I figured Gucci would. You need one of these other guys. Oh. Uh, there's there's one that I think is really gettable, 
One that's less gettable and one that's... No way you had him. Right. Uh, we're going to ring it back with the Designer. No. Oh. no. Uh, Usher. Oh, Atlanta, Usher. Yeah, Atlanta yeah. legend. Also Jeezy. Okay. Uh, and then Bow Wow. Nice. <laughs> what? Nice. <laughs> that was, yeah, nice. That was awesome. I can't believe he still has money uh, for court sex. Also, like, <laughs> cashing those checks from Tokyo Drift. There's the guy <laughs> that sung the national anthem. I think it was like Jermaine. Uh, I did not know who that guy was. I saw they, they uh, showed the like, guy who sung the national yeah, anthem. I didn't know who he was. Never, All right, no here's idea. the last Philly sports special. Uh, Ten points for Matt McHugh. After Mo Williams was picked up by the Sixers yeah. and then waved, one team has picked him up, dropped him, mm. and then picked him back up. Denver Nuggets. That is correct. I didn't know they dropped him and picked him back up. I yeah. just saw that they had they him re- today. They reacquired him. Oh, man. <laughs> so 14 points for Matt McHugh. Really was like a four-point round in there, but... No, 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 no. Denver Nuggets plus I knew Covington... You guessed on Harrison. Which one was Harrison? But you James got Arson, Arizona. Yeah. You guessed on Tanaka. Tanaka was I don't, I'm not giving you credit for Wayne. The I knew Wayne Rooney. Rudy. That one I knew. I'm getting credit for that one. Because I saw All that right. on the Sports Center Whatever. like ticker thing. I was like, I also know that worth, name. Worth noting. Let's go. Uh, Coco Vandaway, niece of Kiki Vandaway. Oh, wow. And Good research. And granddaughter of Ernie Vandaway, former New York Knicks. There you go. You learn something new every day. Uh, Matt McHugh. 14 points. 2 0 against me. I was looking for revenge. Yeah, yeah I did tough not. Set. Tough side. That's some really, really lucky guessing. Yeah. Well, you've done it again. You waste another hour listening to Spad. It was a good one. We hope yes. it was a good one. Yes. We think it was a good one. Uh, joined in the studio here by Parker Johnson, Matt McHugh. Spad Season 3 continues to roll on on iTunes and SoundCloud. I'm a bit now. Thanks for listening.